Amen. Well, I want to welcome you again, and we're in the fifth study in this series that's uh, called Downside Up. It's all about the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, the sermon or the sermon there, the Beatitudes of the Lord Jesus teaching there in Matthew 5. If you have a copy of the scriptures, turn over to Matthew, and we'll go to chapter 5, verse 6. And as we look at that verse this morning, it's, uh, it's just a, it's a powerful verse when the Lord says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's it. Hunger. So this morning, I want to talk to us about hunger. Some of you are going, well, I got no problem with that right now. I'm thinking if you'll hurry up, I'm going to get brunch or getting something to eat. Okay. Spiritual hunger. Blessed are they that hunger crave intensely for spiritual food. For, for when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus says, then, then, you'll be satisfied. You'll be filled. So I'm praying in this study today and in this message to you that we'll learn about spiritual hunger and maybe how to maintain it or how to get it. Or, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, you ever had a really big meal? Sure. I mean, we're Americans, Westerners. We, we're pretty blessed. And yesterday, Don and I and our family were up with my best friend on the lake, and, uh, and we had this uh, really small little happy meal. That's a lot. We had a really big, like, Thanksgiving kind of feast, and we ate, and we ate plenty. And when you, when you get through eating a big meal like that, you go, I am, yeah, I heard that, that's Southern, stuffed, <laughs> stuffed, filled, full, can't eat anymore, got to undo my pants. That's, you know, that's when you live in the South, you undo your top button. I'm, okay, that's too much information. Okay. Spiritual hunger, though, is kind of the exact opposite. When you're really hungry, and I mean hungry, the, the more you eat, the more you want. The more that you feast at the table of the Lord in the presence of Christ, the more you want a Jesus. And I'm glad it's created, the Lord created us that way, that he just wants us to be so in love with him that he's our greatest desire. He's our greatest prize, that we want so much of him that when we start getting some of him or a lot of him, we go, Lord, that's not enough. You're more than enough, but I want more of you. But you know, what I've learned is we so easily get distracted by the things of this world, the demands on our time, the unforeseen circumstances, all the things that just tend to kind of come against us. And what happens is all those competing attentions, they sap our time and energy and devotion. And, and then you have to be intentional. We have to be intentional about a lot of things if we want to excel. And the spiritual maturity, spiritual progress, spiritual growth, I think you have to come and say, Lord, I want to be intentional about the things of the kingdom. Because if I'm not intentional, I'll just kind of get lost in the fray. I'll, things will just kind of pass me away. But you begin to cultivate a hunger for God. Of course, that's why you probably come every weekend, because you want to be with a body of faith. You want to hear God's word. You want to worship. You want to fellowship. You want to connect. You want to dig deeper. You want to study. You want to become more like Christ. You want to honor Christ. You want to honor his word. You don't want to forsake the assembling. It's just cultivating that hunger. And oh, I pray, God, give us a hunger for you. Lord, that we go, you're the desire. But there's all these impediments to hunger. There's all these things that demands of time. Sometimes 
when, when you're sick. You, you know when you're sick physically and you just don't want to eat. My wife knows if I'm sick because I have a voracious appetite. And when I don't want to eat, it's like, the boy's sick. You know, I mean, I can't wait to get back on that path where I can eat again. And, and when you're sick, you, you don't want to eat and you, maybe you tend to get a little irritated quickly. Or here's one. How many times have you, remember when you were little kids and your mom would go, now, Keith, because that's my name, now, Keith, I don't want you to snack because that will, did my mom come to your house too? She'd always tell me that. And when I was small, I know you find this hard to believe, when I was small, I could not gain weight. I looked like a toothpick. And now I'm probably a toothpick with an olive on it. I don't know. But, but. That wasn't funny, but, but I, I just eat, eat, eat. And, and then, of course, as it got bigger, you know, eat, eat. And, and now nobody ever says, now don't snack, you'll ruin your meal. And I go, oh, but no, I won't. And that's kind of sad. Or here it is, you go to Mexican restaurants. They know, they bring the chips and sauce out there. And I know y'all were so polite, and you have two chips. And you're going, that is, you're right. Hey, bring another hot basket, quickly. Go over here to Moe's. The second batch is always the best. Okay, anyway. But hunger. But you know, sometimes we snack spiritually. And God's not into snacks. We, we snack for things of this world. And, and the thing is, they, they, they'll fill you up temporarily. But God wants to give us a good meal. A meal of his word. A meal of his presence. A meal of itself. A meal where we have fellowship. But I know this. Some of the sicknesses that we have. And I want you to write these down. I just talked to somebody the other day about this. And as I began to minister to them, they started weeping all over me. <laughs> I was like, well, gee, thanks for sharing that, Keith. Common sickness, two things that I know will keep you from spiritual growth, unbelief and unforgiveness. When you've got unforgiveness in your heart, it, it impedes your hunger for God. It just blocks. It, it, it messes up your fellowship with the Holy One. And when you have unbelief in your heart, it's like, well, God, I, I don't know if I really believe. I, I don't know if I really believe that scripture, God. I don't know if I really believe you can do this. So unforgiveness and unbelief, they, they just messes up. They, they let me know that Satan is alive and well, and he's the prince of this world, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he comes to devour you like a roaring lion, says 1 Peter. He does that every time. He's so, he's so good at that. And maybe this morning you say, well, Pastor if I'm going to be honest, I'm in a spiritually dry season. And, and can I tell you, I've been there. You're saying, wait a minute, you're our pastor. So, I've been reading scripture, seriously studying, walking with Jesus, going almost four decades, got a couple to go. But I've had some dry seasons in my soul. And you've had dry seasons. If, if you're honest, you'd go, yeah, I've had a dry season, I'm there now. I was there last year. And my prayer is that today you can press through, you can break through that and begin to cultivate a hunger for the things of God again, that nothing else will satisfy, that you just want him, that you go, Lord, because you know, you know what happens? I know, I've, I've been to churches over the last many years, and of course I've been leading as a pastor for many years, but I go to churches and, and sometimes if, if my message doesn't resonate in your heart, and now I don't just have you with paper or like, do you have paper? I need pen, I need to make a grocery list. You have your phones and tablets right there in front of you. And you start doing, and you, you can leave me so quickly. And I've often wondered, like, you know, if, if NFL today, you know, the Sunday afternoon, all that comes on, like, it, 
the good thing is that we get kind of through kind of early. But if we were one of those churches that went to 12 or 12.30, man, you're like, I'm out of here, Bubba. I'm, I'm physically sitting in the seat, but I'm really listening to the game. And it's easy to check out. Church, is it easy to check out? We live in a world now that has an attention span of about four minutes. And it makes it hard for preachers because we go, we got to hurry up and get it out there because they're going to leave us really soon. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, like if you don't hurry up with this, we're going to like leave. We're already gone. But the spiritual principle of just being hungry for God, let it kick in. Don't wait till you feel hungry. Don't, don't wait. You're in a dry season. Don't wait till you feel hungry. Let me tell you the best thing I know. Open that book. Open God's living word. And God, my faith is dry, my faith is dull, my faith is diminished. I have doubts, but God, my pastor said, open the word and then read the word and let the word get into you. And I know this happens. When you begin to meditate and read and study God's word, God begins to cultivate a hunger in you. Do you believe that, church? It's the way he's made us. He's wired us to have fellowship with him, to love, to taste. The psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's right. The Lord is a good meal. The Lord is sufficient. We, we turn off distractions. We overcome that uh, dry season. Nutritionists tell us that our appetites determine our diet, and our diet determines our intake, and our intake determines our health. You know how when sometimes people say, don't eat that because that is bad for you, unhealthy. And what do you want to do? You want to hit them in Jesus' name. But they care about you. And like, when I get around ice cream or bread or sugar or some of those things, I'm just going, man, this is kind of like a preamble to heaven, you know? This is like really cool. <laughs> I'm going to get there quicker if I do that too, you know? No. And then and, and, and my sweet wife, she'll just go, this is not healthy. You, you, there's another choice. My kids have really mastered this. I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm a little slow, you know? And I need to, so we all need to determine the intake, what we take in. So if we take in the world, in the world, it just produces garbage, it produces junk. But when we begin to take in a steady diet of God's Word and the filling of His Spirit continually, then we become more like Jesus. And, and God says, that determines real health. Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteous, righteousness because they will be filled. I like that. Jesus didn't go, hunger and thirst for me and I will leave you empty. He goes, hunger and thirst for me, and I'll fill you. You know, like when something full is, is filled, it's good, isn't it? Like when your gas tank, you know when you leave the gas pump and your, and your needle says F, it, it, isn't that a good feeling? You're like, well, no, because they have all my money now. Okay, well, get, get the economic part out of it. It just feels good. Like you ever been on a trip and your gas needle's registering E and you're praying that you're going to make it to the next pump? Anybody ever done that besides me? Yeah. And boy, when it gets full, you're like, man, things are good. And when your stomach, when you say, I am starving to death. I doubt anybody here has ever been starving to death, but maybe you have. And when you get a good meal, you're like, I am satisfied now. I'm <laughs> coming after me. Come on. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> that little kid, that was funny. All right. Victorian novelist George MacDonald says, what the good father is not pleased. What good father is not pleased when he sees his young boy take his first toddling steps? But the same father will not be satisfied until he sees his son grow up and begin to walk. 
You see, if you don't begin to walk, it is fun to see uh, this place become a spiritual incubator and people have come to faith in the last 20 years in Christ. That is awesome. But if everybody becomes, stays little toddlers and they whine, that's not very fun. But as we begin to grow and begin to mature in the grace of Christ, oh, it's blessed to the Lord. The Lord says, I want you to hunger and thirst. I want you to have a personal holiness so what is righteousness? Let's just write a little note over here. What is righteousness? One definition said, it's the state of being righteous. I went, that's the most, that's pitiful. So, so what is righteousness? And I'm going to give you the most, this is all my years of seminary, and this is going to help you. But this is the best definition I know. What is righteousness? Write it down. Right standing with that's righteousness. This morning I was on a prayer walk praying for you, praying for our service, praying for concerns. And I just said, Lord Jesus, I put on my breastplate of righteousness. Clothe me in your righteousness. I want to stand right with you. That's what's important. Everything else is just kind of like, hey, my Troy Trojans, I don't know if you saw them yesterday. I'm going to give a shout out. Go Trojans. It was awesome. They almost won. Of course, Bama, they are they ever going to lose? Probably not. And Auburn decided to show up. And so I was excited about all these little things that are secular in the world we get excited about. But man, I was really excited about my king. And that today was a day to go to his house and see his people and to be righteous. And you know, there's only two types of people, righteous and unrighteous. So this morning you fall in one of those categories. You're unrighteous, you're not in Christ, or you're righteous, you're in Christ. Righteous or unrighteous. Now, once you become righteous, then you have a, a process called sanctification that you grow into the image of Christ, and it's a daily process, and you do it until he takes you away. He comes to get you, or he takes us off this planet, calls us home. And Lord, uh, so we want to be righteous. We want to hunger. We want to thirst for you. Psalm 42, too. I thirst for God, the living God. I like how the psalmist, he goes like, he understood parchedness, a parched desert land, and he goes, God, I thirst thirst for you. you have you been out in the yard lately working and you are parched i'm talking about uh this past week doing some yard work i spent about four hours one day out and and, and man i was i was just drinking bottle after bottle of water i could not you know what i'm saying church i mean but man i was so thankful for that water it, it just it revived me and i think god but i want the living water that you have listen to john 7 37 on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. And see, in that region, they knew about being thirsty and hungry. They really did. They didn't have refrigerators and Costco and all the things we have. And, you know, they just, they understood need. They understood not having sustenance. And Jesus says, if you're really hungry, if you're really thirsty, then come to me. And he was talking about spiritually and in John 6, 35, Jesus replied, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me, they'll never be thirsty. And this morning you might say, man, I am so thirsty spiritually. I'm so hungry. And Jesus is like, that's good. Hunger for me, and I'll fill you. I'll satisfy you. So what does it mean to be filled? It means to be filled up completely with God. Psalm 107.9, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. 
Did you know your Heavenly Father loves to give good gifts? Did you know our Heavenly Father loves to give us good things? How many believe that? He loves to shower good gifts on his kids. And he wants to fill us with himself, though, above all things. A lot of times we're like, Lord, I just, I just want the things. No, Lord, I, I, want, I want you. I want your presence, your power, your fellowship, your intimacy, your joy, your grace, your mercy, your opening, hungry, filled. God, you know, God created us with a bottomless soul. I mean, it just, it just, it, it can just take on and take on and take on more. I don't think it ever gets filled until we get into the presence of Christ. And then it's like, now, now I see that which I've had in part. Now I see fully. I'm awakened completely in the presence of Christ. Every, every time somebody dies in Christ, I go, man, I'm sad for them. Or not for them, I'm, I'm sad for us. I'm sad for me, I'm sad for you. But I go, wow, to awaken on the other side in the presence of the risen Christ? Is that good, church? I mean, man, that is what we long for. How many would like to have no more aches? I mean, no more joint problems, no more pain, no more financial bills to pay, no more junk, no more rhetoric, no more whatever you don't like. It's just done. You're thinking, where, where does that happen? I want to go there. It's heaven. It's in the presence of Jesus. And like, God, help us to, to get in on what you're doing. Our soul's hungry. Is it thirsty? Somebody said that one of the scriptures says we drink it broken cisterns at broken wells c.s lewis he said this if i find myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that i was made for another world c.s lewis really understood i'm just a, a sojourner i'm just making it through this land I'm just a pilgrim my goal is my destination is heaven but i get to just kind of live on this side just for a few years you know, some people live just months, years, decades, maybe a century. But then we get to live forever in Christ. And Lord, I'm just glad that you want to that you want to create in us a longing for you to come after you. Satisfaction comes from from God to those whose passion is life is is to know Him. Just write down the word today. Lord, give me more passion. Lord, burn in me consume me give me passion for your word god i hear i hear that man up there on that platform talking today but god that is not me but i want it to be me i want to be passionate about the things of christ oh that's that's what i pray for you friend i pray that our church gets so on fire spiritually that we cannot help but go and tell others about the redeemer that's changed our life the resurrected christ are we hungry for our lost world to know Christ? We have to answer that. You know, it's not too late to change our diet because Christ says, I want you to eat righteousness. I want you to hunger. I want you to thirst for me. And, you know, a lot of times we just think the grass is so much greener over there or things are going so good for them. And the Lord has us in this place, and he goes, but I want you to pursue me with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. And if you seek me, you will find me lord i'm grateful that you are for us and that you go ahead of us and so lord I, as i'm studying this i just got to thinking about what a, a, a note to just write down the word appetite today what's your appetite do you have a spiritual appetite and, and i'd say most of you do maybe maybe everybody today came with a spiritual appetite that's awesome maybe you're trying to figure i don't know somebody told me they'd take me to lunch if i'd come so i got a physical appetite that's why i came well, oh that's good 
But I pray that you'll get a heart for the things of the kingdom and, and the righteousness of Christ. And, and Lord, that you go, I don't, I don't want to snack. You see, to just come on Sunday morning and to never pick up your Bible, to never spend time in God's presence, that's really to kind of snack on righteousness. Oh, you can hear the truths that Chris and his team sang in a marvelous manner. You can sense the presence of the Lord. Sometimes you can get tingling in your arms. You can hear a word that convicts your soul, and that's all good. But if all you do is just come in here, and the next time we have a gathering, you're snacking. Man, I want you to feast. I mean, nobody's going to come here and go, hey, I had my snack for the week. I'm not going to eat the rest of the week, but next Sunday I'll do it again. I mean, you don't do that physically. I bet this morning most of us had a little something to eat or a lot of something to eat this morning. And most of, it will, most of us will choose to eat lunch. And if not lunch, by dinner we'll probably choose to eat. The other day, the leadership team, we were fasting for our meeting. And I'd fasted the week before on another event, and I was fasting that day. And i got to tell you, when I'm in fasting mode, I'm hungry, huh, physically and spiritually. But I was like, God. And then I just went. And I just begin to worship, and God just begin to fill me. And that's what he wants to do for you. So this morning, are you hungry spiritually? You're saying, well, i got to cultivate some desires. i got to begin to do some new things. i got to go after Christ. i got to let Christ's word set the standard for my life because I've been setting it, and me chasing the world, I'm not very hungry spiritually if you want to know the truth. Well, you won't be. But man, when the Holy Spirit begins to move and the Holy Spirit begins to draw you, you'll go, you know what? This other stuff's imitation. I want the real stuff. I want the stuff of Christ. I, I, wanna, I want him to feel me. I want that, the power of, of, uh, of hunger just to well up in me that I just go, Lord, I want more of you. And I want to eat and I want to drink of righteousness. And so my question would be, what do you want this morning? Do you want the righteousness of Christ more than you want the things of the pleasures of the world? Just a simple question that you and I have to ask ourselves on a daily basis and I think the thing I'd say is, let's just be honest about it. I mean, some days we go, you know, I know the right answer is Jesus. I want the righteousness of the kingdom, but I think I want the world more. And I think it saddens the heart of the Father, but the great thing is he still invites us to come and to dine and to fellowship and to draw near and to love him and to pursue him. You know, I, I love it when I'm around hungry believers I've had the joy of discipling a lot of students and a lot of adults over the last 35 years. And I tell you, there's nothing more exciting to get somebody that's new in faith or they're decided they want to grow spiritually, and they go, I got questions. Good. Hey, can we read this? Hey, look what I read. The other night I was, I, I was teaching, we were doing a thing, and somebody, we were looking at Romans 8, and he looked down there and he saw Romans 8. And he made these words. He goes, I cannot wait to get home and just begin to read and chew on Romans 8. And I got to tell you, this preacher renewed his contract. I got fired up. I was like, yes, he's hungry. But when you're not hungry, like, oh, here it is. Your mama, your grandmama fixes this big meal. I mean, there's cakes. There's Chrissy Wobble cheesecake. And I'll kill you for that. No. And, and, and it's all, there's all kind of food. And there's lamb. And not into lamb and and there's steak and roast and whatever just name your favorite things and it's all sitting on the table and they go now is anybody hungry come and eat and everybody goes no nah, grandma i snacked before i got here i had a frosty i don't think i'll eat oh you call me okay because i'll bring some people over and we'll eat 
Well, how about the presence of Christ? Christ sets the table. He invites us to come get more of him. And we go, yes, Lord, I want you. Or we go, Lord, not today. Not very hungry. And then the next day, Lord, not very hungry. If you're not careful, you just drop. So you're in that dry season. And I, I just feel like that's the word today. I got to tell you, some of you are dry. But you don't have to leave here that way. Christ wants to fill you. Christ wants to satisfy you. The loss of appetite is always a sign of illness. It just, it just signals in the, in, the, in the natural, it signals you're sick. In the spiritual, when you have a loss of appetite, let me say this to you. If there's not an appetite for the things of Jesus Christ, I would seriously consider, are you in Christ? Are you saved? Are you redeemed? I don't want to cause you to doubt your salvation, but I'm going to tell you, when you don't hunger and thirst for righteousness, there is sickness in the body, in the soul, and Christ wants to change that. Do you know what I'm saying, church? Hello? You know, some of you are like, yeah, he's ringing truth today, man. You know why I'm ringing truth? Because I, I love you. I love Jesus, and I love this word, and I want this body to be spiritually prosperous and healthy and fruitful and faithful, and I want our body to thrive because the men and women and boys and girls are hungry for God. Lord, you can do that here. St. Augustine says, Oh God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. It might be today you're just saying, You know what? That's me, man. I'm restless. It could be that Christ is going, I know. But you know what? Today, I can change that restlessness to peace. I can change that restlessness to hope. I can change that restlessness from a drought to fruitfulness. Come to me. Hunger and thirst, if you look at it in, in the Greek, it's present participles. It it's implies continuous action you have to go after this all the time it's not like i got christ at youth camp i got christ at a meeting i got christ in a service my friend introduced me to christ that's a starting place it's an ongoing pursuit of your soul that you have to go after that hunger and thirst and say god i want more of you i want to thirst for you and that thirsting it's it's like a, it's like a narcotic you get hooked I mean, when you really get some of Jesus and you get, you get complete and you get full in him, then you're like, Lord, I'm hooked on you. I want more of you. I remember when I met Christ. Man, I could not wait for the next Bible study. I couldn't wait for somebody to share something. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to hunger for him. And teenagers, I'm just telling you today, what is your hunger factor for Jesus? Are you just like, man, I'm in love with him. You're like, well, I'm in love with what he can do for me. Okay. You're honest. Adults, you're saying, well, don't pick on a teenager, just pick on us. Okay, adults, are you hungry for Christ? Because I promise you today, nobody's going to go, can we feed you? I mean, almost every person you say, if you go, I want to feed you today, let's go to lunch, they are going to go, you know, just not hungry. Well, if they're sick, they, they probably won't eat, but most people are going to go, yeah, where are we going? Now, if they don't like the place you chose, they'll go, you know, I'm just not real hungry. Like, if you tell me, let's go have Thai food, Pastor, I go, bless you in Jesus' name. 
I'm sorry. I know some of you love Thai food, and I wish I did. Maybe I've just had the wrong stuff. It just don't crank my clock, you know? But if you said, hey, pastor, we're going to have this sandwich. We're going to have steak. We're going to have Italian. I go, when's the bus leaving? <laughs> and I'll knock everybody down because I want to get on that one. I want to hunger for that. But how about the Jesus meal? We want Jesus to be a happy meal. We want him to give us a little toy. Like, Jesus, can you, can you just give me a little trinket? <laughs> Jesus like, I don't give out Happy Meals. I, I just came up with this. I, I don't know where I'm going with it, but I mean, it just, it just came welled up in my spirit. I feel like this is witnessing to somebody that you're like, yeah, man, I've been doing Happy Meals with Jesus. I'm asking you to go in and get the full deal, man. Here it is. Write down this thought. Be filled with Jesus himself. Just be filled with Jesus. Jesus, you're what we need. You're what we come after today, Lord. We're, we're hungry. Let me, let me show you these points quickly. How do I stay spiritually hungry? Number one, stop filling up on junk food. If you fill up on enough junk food, the, the stuff of this world, you just, you just don't have a hunger. You just don't have a spiritual appetite. Junk foods, salary, success, different things. I mean, you could just fill in the blanks and go, I'm filling up on substitutes. I'm not hungry for the things of God. They're just kind of spiritual junk or spiritual things in, in one sense. And possession, power, I want that. But listen to what Proverbs 15, 14. I found this this weekend. I love this verse. Proverbs 15, 14. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fools feed on trash. I don't want you to feed on trash. I want you to feed on the, the wonderful meal of Christ and that he's enough. That I don't want to fill up with appetizer, appetizers. I want more of Christ. And, and then this beautiful scripture is Isaiah 55, 1 to 2. Here it is. The Lord says, all you who are thirsty, come to me and drink. All of those who don't have money to buy food, come and eat for free. Anybody goes, I like that. Why do you spend your money on something that isn't real food and doesn't really satisfy you? Come to me and you'll eat what is good. Your soul will enjoy the stuff that really satisfies. It's all I'm inviting you and me to do today is, Lord Jesus, I want to be satisfied with you. You're, you're what I want. Lord, I've been dry, but I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to push aside the junk food. Look at the second one. Bring your empty cup. Be like that beggar that I talked about several weeks ago. Lord, my cup is dry. There's nothing in it. It's empty. I'm bringing it. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about it this morning. Listen to Luke 6, 21. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Can y'all all just humor me, but I want you to really be honest in your heart. Can you just hold your hand up like you got a cup to the Lord right now? Can you just hold that up to the Lord? Lord, fill my cup. Come on. Or do you, wanna, you want the Lord to fill that cup? You're like, well, my husband filled my cup this morning with coffee. No, no, no. Coffee? Yeah, and you went to the bathroom right after you had it, right? No, I'm talking about, Lord, I want you to fill my cup. Your cup is enough. I love this. Lord, happiness doesn't come from achieving the things of this world, success or whatever. Real success comes from being filled with Jesus and being satisfied with him. And, and there's this ache in my heart and nothing can fill it. I think that's why we have so many problems in our world. We're trying to fill the void of our heart that was, was is, is, I forget the guy that said it, but basically we have a, a God-sized vacuum in our hearts. And God wants to fill that vacuum. And only one thing will fill it. Everything else is a substitute. It's temporary at best. But when Christ fills the, the void, then there's peace. There's joy. There's rest. There's hope. There's forgiveness. There's grace. 
just knowing him. What if this year we decided that, Lord, I've resolved in my heart that I'm going to stay spiritually hungry for the things of Christ. That's what I want. I've been hungering for the things of the world, what the world can do for me. And the world's kind of lied to me. But you want Jesus, your truth. Let me give you the third one here. Pray for it. If you want to be spiritually hungry, just ask Jesus. Jesus, make me hungry. I want to be hungry for you. I'm not, but I'm asking you in John 6, 44, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. Did you know you didn't bring yourself to Christ? The Holy Spirit drew you. This morning, you cannot make yourself hungry. You can practice these principles, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit has to draw you to himself. I remember when I had no spiritual appetite at all, and the Holy Spirit came upon my life in my college dorm, and I was awakened, and there was a hunger that I had never known, and it was Jesus, and I cried out to him, and he met that, and I went, man, that was satisfying. Has he done that for you? So pray for it. How much time do you spend it? Fourth, make knowing God my number one goal. God, I just want to know you. I want to know you better. That's why I come each weekend. That's why I go to Tullus's Bible study. That's why I go to this small group. That's why I go to this event. That's why I go to this citywide thing. Because, God, I want to know your word. I want to know your principles. I want to know your heart. I want to know you better. And you go, man, that is awesome. Listen to Matthew 6.33 from the New Contemporary Version. It says it a little bit different, Matthew 6.33. The thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things will be given to you. God, I just want you. That's what I pray this morning. That you're saying, man, you're saying that about every way you know how. I am. Because it's the most convicting thing. Church, Don and I started this church 20 years ago this week in public service. It, it was birthed in August, but 20 years ago, the 8th. So this Sunday on calendar, 20 years ago, I walked into AUM with some big old glasses. Man, they, they were goofy, but they were cool in 96. I still had hair. That was a cool concept. Yeah, thank you. And I walked in with a fire just to make Jesus known. And this week, I've just been reflecting on how good Jesus has been to my family and to me and the hopes and the disappointments and the joys and the sorrows and the growth and this morning i'm just praying that man jesus is wanting to do something in you because that's why we started a church was to bring people to introduce them to help them grow in their relationship with jesus christ and 20 years ago we were like the contemporary church of the region now everybody does it so we're not this new novelty anymore but the the mission's not changed the mission's been to love god to make christ known to proclaim the riches of Jesus, to have people's lives changed forever. Amen? And folks, that's what we're looking for. I look in this living room, and I get a little bit sad this morning because I remember walking in this room when this room was so packed I couldn't breathe and there were people slammed against the wall fighting for a seat. And I think the reason that happened was People just were hungry, and they wanted to tell everybody else about Jesus. 20 years later, we've had a good run. But I think the best is yet to come. How about you, church? 
And the only way that happens is we get off our duff, we begin to have spiritual conversations, and we begin to proclaim the Messiah, and people begin to get saved, and they begin to grow. And this place fills up, because I just look at it like, God, you've given us a facility. If you were at AUM, we were praying for, for cover. <laughs> and God gave it to us. So church, you're saying, man, this guy, he's going to come back to that. He just loves Jesus. Well, man, I mean, what are preachers supposed to do? That's what we do. Fifth, get into God's Word daily. I like this verse in 1 Peter 2, 2. You must crave the pure spiritual milk of the word so that you can grow into the fullness of your salvation. Cry out for this nourishment like a baby cries for milk. At home, do you go in there and go, baby, cry. Are you hungry? I don't think so. <laughs> and man, you're sound asleep in that cry, in that maternal instinct. Moms can be in deep, foggy land and they hear it dads are and you still you're like and don't even raise your hand if your dad like yeah i heard it but i just didn't act like i heard it yeah that baby is intensely hungry they're craving milk and like mama you got to do something now and i'm thinking are we that way about jesus god i crave you intensely i crave the milk and the meat of the word that's what, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You chase him. You pursue him. You love his things. You love his word. You express his attitudes, his actions. You love God. You love others. Jesus takes all these commandments. He goes, do these two. Love me. Love others. That's, that's it. Huh? Wait a minute. There's got to be more. Well, if you do those, Jesus is honored. So I look at it and I just think, Lord, Psalm 42, 1 through 2. As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for you, God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? Out here, we've had a lot of deer out here since we built out here many years ago. And as the neighborhoods have grown up, they're fewer. And it used to, I'd see a lot over here, and you'd see them over here about dusk. But the other morning, I'm coming down Ryan Road, and I promise you, matter of fact, it was this week, I looked up, and I thought I was in a dream. This huge doe just kind of stepped out in front of me. Now, I had to go home and change my pants. But other than that, it was really cool. And No, I really didn't. But here, here, here's this big deer, and it just came. But, you know, they were, they were probably looking for food, looking for water. And I look at this scripture, and I'm always like, but God, I want to thirst for you. Psalm 63, 1, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you, said the psalmist, in a land that is dry, it's desolate, it's without water. But God, I want you. Oh, God, I want you. And that's what I pray this morning. You're saying, Lord, I, I want to run for you. I, I got to act on this hunger. And I'm going to give you a sixth one. I only put five, but I'm going to give you six. If you want to hunger, get in a small group. Proverbs 2.20 from the message just says, join the company of good men and women who will keep you on the path of the righteous. Lord, I want to be around some students, brothers and sisters. I want to be around some adults that are men and women of faith, and I want them to keep me on the path. I want to be hungry for you, God. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to know you. I want to have this appetite. And let's just run through the outline quickly. The deepest desire for a man ought to be hunger and thirst for righteousness. I've hammered it every way I can today. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Jesus says, blessed are you that do that. For you will be filled. You will be satisfied. Spiritual hunger is the next one. Spiritual hunger is contagious. 
It just is. When I get around hungry people, mm, I want to participate. I mean, when I go to a buffet, I don't, I don't really go to buffets anymore because I get in trouble. But, but, but uh, I, you know, I go to a meal and there's really good food there and other people are hungry. It just encourages my appetite. You know, do, do I have a witness? Men, do I have a witness? All right, you're lying, whatever. All right. But spiritually, when you're around people of faith, and maybe their faith's a little stronger than yours, or maybe they're just grow, starting out the faith journey, that's what God wants us to be. I love it. Don and I get so excited when we hear of men and women and boys and girls and students in this church that are beginning to hunger for the things of Jesus Christ, and they're beginning to grow in their faith, and they just want to know Christ more. And then we go, man, that is awesome. When I look at this church, I look at you this morning, I look at all the ones that aren't here today, I just think, wow, it's pretty exciting. Those people were finding out about Jesus. I love Blake. Let me tell you one thing about Blake that I love. He loves to give. He loves to give to you teenagers. He went out and bought all these study Bibles for y'all. You know? You know, you know those big books with like concordances? Like, why is Blake punishing us? Blake loves you. And he bought those Bibles because he wanted y'all to have a tool to get in God's Word. And I love it. Some of you are like beginning to open those and you're opening them up with Jeff Weir and Tim Womble and Adam and uh, Chrissy and other leaders. And I'm like, yeah, the Lord smiles on that. And I bet, I just bet, if you want to take one of those home, I bet Blake would say yes. And, he, and if he doesn't, come see me. I'll make sure, between me or Blake, we'll make sure every one of y'all have a, one of those student Bibles. Amen? But I want you to go home and go, you know, I need a big book weight to hold the door open. I want you to read it. I want you to study it. That's what we're about. Spiritual hunger is contagious. And the last one, satisfaction in Christ develops a hunger for Christ. You get satisfied with him, you get a greater hunger. You don't get satisfied with him, your hunger is probably not even on the chart. So, Lord, that's, that's what we had today. Catch it, hear it. Let me tell you one thing that I do. Is, uh, I love the word. and I, I spend a lot of time in Scripture, and I love good worship music. And when I have the two going, it's pretty glorious. And a lot of times I, I love a new section of Scripture, but I love, a, I love a new song, a new worship song. And I read this verse, Psalm 8110 from ESV. Psalm 8110, write it down. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. And that's all I hope happens today is that you'll open your mouth wide and the Lord goes, I see that person. They're hungry. I will fill them with my son, with myself. Let's pray. Lord, it is uh, good to be here today and to be in your presence. And uh, Lord, you satisfy us. And Father, I pray some people would say today, Lord, I'm not hungry but I want to be. I'm not going to allow my lack of hunger to keep me from your presence. So starting today, I want to thank you for meeting me here. I want you, Jesus. Renew my spirit. Fill me up with yourself. Give me hunger. Maybe you came here with a good appetite for Christ. I, I pray that you would ask, Lord, increase my hunger for more of you than I had when I came in. For I want to be like Jesus. For I want to see Jesus. For holiness is your way, God.